Church, can I tell you how beautiful it is to see the body of Christ, both young and old, come together to worship and pray? And that's what we're here to do this evening. Can I just tell you from the bottom of my heart, on behalf of our church family and our staff, thank you for being here tonight. Thanks for making tonight a priority. Our desire is that we would have the opportunity to pray and to worship King Jesus. And so we're going to open with some scripture. We're going to have the opportunity to pray together. But um, let me start by saying this. In the book of Acts, you see the movement of God at work through his church. And there's a passage that we refer to often when we, when we like to talk about these things. And it's found in Acts chapter 2. And here's the familiar verses that we've read before. Here's what it says, starting in verse 42. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayer. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together, and they had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. I don't know about you, church, but I want verse 47 here at Idlewild. I want us to be praising God. I want us to be having favor with all the people. I want the Lord to add to our number day by day those that are being saved. I want to see people come to faith in Jesus. I want us to grow day by day. But can I make a confession to you that I've shared with even some of our student ministry leaders? So often for me, I want verse 47 without verses 42 through 46. Verse 47 says, the Lord added to their number day by day those that were being saved, but that was the responsibility of the Lord. Look at what it says of the church in verse 42. The church devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and of prayer. Ottawa family, I believe that we can be that devoted church, especially now. I believe that we can be that church in the midst of a leadership transition. I believe that we need to be that church. Do you remember what Paul wrote to the church at Corinth? They were arguing about who that they were going to decide that they followed. And so some were saying, well, I follow Paul and I, I follow Apollos and, and I follow Cephas. And they were trying, they were divided over which leader was going to get their allegiance. And Paul says these words. He says, you need to understand something though. I planted, Apollos watered, but it was God that was the one that gave the growth. It's the Lord that added to their number day by day those who were being saved. So in this season, church, we need to become wholly dependent upon the God who still sits on the throne. I think about Isaiah chapter six and it says this, it says it was in the year that King Uzziah died. I saw the Lord and he was sitting upon the throne and the train of his robe filled the temple with glory. And a lot of times we, we skip over the first few words there in the year that King Uzziah died. 
And I thought about that in light of this. You, you've got this king that's been sitting on the throne, has been governing the people for the majority of his reign very, very well, and now there's no leader. And the people are afraid because they're wondering what will now happen to us. And as they look at a leadership transition in their own lives, the people are afraid. And Isaiah says these words, Uzziah is no longer on the throne, but it is okay because the Lord is still seated upon the throne. So God will do what only God can do in this season. But therefore you and I can devote ourselves to the same things that the early church devoted themselves to. And one of those things is prayer. And so if we're going to devote ourselves to prayer, then the question becomes, then what should our prayers look like? And so here's what we're going to do in just a few moments. We're going to, we're going to look at what Paul writes to the church at Colossae. And he opens this letter with some verses where he shares the type of prayer that he is praying for them. And here's what it says in Colossians chapter one, verses nine through 14. It says, and so from the day that we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you. Well, Paul, what were you praying for them? Asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Church family, we need to pray that God would allow us to know his will right now. That we would have spiritual wisdom and understanding. Number verse 10, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to God the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and he's transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Paul prayed those things for this church. How about we pray those things for our church? We want to pray through the scripture tonight. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to invite four individuals to come up. I'm going to invite JV Martinez, Susan Nations, Dwayne Blaisdell, and Shirley Peffers. If you guys could go ahead and make your way on up here to the front. These are individuals that I think represent our church family. Individuals that have been here for many, many years and individuals that may have only been here for a few years. Individuals of all different ages. And what we wanted to do tonight is pray. But before we ask them to pray, we want you to pray. In those verses in Colossians 1, there were four things that we want to pray for together as a church. And so I'm going to ask if they could put those up on the screen. And here's what I want to do just for the next minute or so. If you want to take this moment to pray through those four things, pray that we would be filled with the knowledge of his will. Pray that we would walk in a manner worthy of the Lord in this season, fully pleasing to him. Pray that we would bear fruit in every good work and increase in the knowledge of God and pray that we would endure with patience, joy, and thanksgiving. So would you take just the next moment? You can do it alone. You can grab the hand of a loved one, a brother and sister in Christ. And would you just take a minute or so right now and pray for those things? And then these individuals are gonna pray for those things for us as well.
Lord. We love you. Lord, we come before you humbly. We come before you in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. And we come before you asking that you might fill us with your knowledge, the knowledge of your will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Lord, we come before you asking that you fill the pastors, the leaders, the deacons, the elders, the Sunday school teachers with the knowledge of your will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. We come before you asking that you fill the church members with the knowledge of your will, not their own, that we may seek your will in all that we do, Father God. We ask that you be with the church committee as they make hard decisions coming up, Lord, about who's going to shepherd your flock here at Idlewild. And we ask that they seek your will first and foremost, not their own, but your will and your will alone. And we ask all this in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Heavenly Father, as we think of walking worthy of you, we know that in our own strength, it is absolutely impossible. But you, through the shed blood of Jesus Christ, have declared us worthy before you. And for that, we are so incredibly grateful. But the world we live in, Father, they need to see the difference that Christ makes in our behavior, our words, our decisions. Help us as a congregation to purpose in our hearts, Lord, to be pure, to seek your holiness, to be relentless in our quest to walk before our world worthy of the name of Jesus and indeed what we call ourselves, Christians. I pray for our precious youth who are worshiping with us tonight as they walk the halls of their schools to be strong in their convictions, to dare to be different, to show the love of Christ to all while they strive to say no to the things of this world. And for us adults, give us the grace to be consistent, to be willing to lay aside any sin, Lord, that holds us back, that doesn't look like you, to rid ourselves of any hypocrisy or heresy, Lord, where our lives do not line up with your word. In our homes, in our jobs, in our neighborhoods, in our schools, convict us of where we're falling short and give us grace, Lord, to walk in what we have already received, the worthiness of Christ. Holy Spirit, Spirit of the living God, fill us, empower us to walk worthy of your name so that we may be pleasing to you. In Christ's name I pray. Heavenly Father, we come into your presence grateful for all you are and all you've done for us. Truly, I don't have the words to thank you. I think about that song we sang on Sunday. It says, and all I have is a hallelujah. And I know my brothers and sisters gathered here would say the same. Now we come to you, Father, as your sons and your daughters we're asking to be filled with the knowledge of your will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding as individuals and as a church body. Lord, we want to walk worthy of our Lord Jesus. And for that reason, Father, we come willing for your spirit to work in our hearts 
to break up the fallow ground, to make us sensitive to your spirit, to make us quick to obey. Father, we come willing to be pruned so that we could bear much fruit and show to the world that we are your, your disciples. We love you, Father. We love you, Lord Jesus. We're so thankful you've given us your spirit to empower us. We're so thankful we don't have to walk worthy in our own strength, but we are strengthened by your power, by resurrection power living in us. Help us to walk and live and breathe and move in that power. And Father, we love you. We believe that you cause all things to work together to conform us to the image of Jesus. And that is what we desire as a church body and as individuals. We praise you and thank you for all you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Holy Spirit, we ask that you rain down on each and every one of us. Lord, we long for revival, but the reality is it starts with each and every one of us. So, Lord, I confess my own sin at times of just doubting whether or not you are truly in control at times. God, we pray that we walk worthy of your name, fully pleasing to you. Lord, more than anything, I pray we bear fruit in every good work and that we continue to grow in the knowledge of you. Lord, there's opportunity all around us. I praise you for the growth that the Tampa Bay area has experienced over the last 22, 30 years. The growth all around us. People are moving here. They don't even know why they're moving here, but Lord, may they move here so they can come to the realization they need to experience the saving knowledge of you. May we walk in a manner that's worthy of you. Opportunities there for us to be a light in a very dark, dark world. May we not be scared of it, but we walk boldly in it knowing that you are going before us, Lord, in our weakness and you're gonna be making us strong and Lord, you're gonna get all the praise and all the glory. Lord, we pray more than anything that we will experience chains that will fall, fear that will bow, hope found, and Lord, we pray, we pray for lives to be changed. Lord, we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. When three weeks ago, as Pastor Ron mentioned and Pastor Andrew mentioned, the three of us, we came together as we were planning for the weeks ahead. And Pastor Ron and I were discussing coming together with the choir to sing praises to the Lord. And Pastor Andrew said, I want also the students to come so that the whole family can be together and seek the Lord together. In this time of transition, what we need the most is to humble ourselves before the Lord, to cry out to Him, to ask His blessing upon us, to guide us, to make us fruitful for him and his glory. But when we planned this, uh, we did not know everything that was going on. Uh, well, today, 
we receive the surprising news, the sad news. It was this morning when I woke up, early in the morning, I had a text message from Pastor Ken from 1.48 a.m. He was at the hospital with the Sprinkle family. Bob Sprinkle, one of our leaders, member of the church, deacon, former chairman of the deacon, passed up for a stroke this morning. I drove this morning to his house uh, to spend time with Miss Judy and the family. And I want us, uh, before we continue to pray scripture, just to pause and to pray for the Sprinkle family. We were surprised by that. I saw him on Thursday in an event that we were together and we talked. Uh, He was here on Saturday morning and he was here on Sunday morning. He has been a faithful, faithful teacher. He has taught the Word of God for decades in this church. Many have been blessed or were blessed by his faithfulness to the Word of God. So I just want us to, because we are a family, we come together as the body of Christ. And as the Lord says in 1 Corinthians through the Apostle Paul, when one part of the body suffers, the whole body suffers. And when one is mourning, we all mourn. And so we want to mourn with them. So if you I will ask you to be in prayer for the Sprinkle family, for Miss Judy, for Bobby, for uh, uh, Christina and the grandchildren, all of them. Pray for them that the Lord, the Father of mercies, the God of all comfort, will comfort them and comfort us as we mourn. I will pray for them and then I will want to say something about what we have been reading tonight. Let's pray one more time. Heavenly Father, we come to you one more time in the name of Christ our Lord, and we ask for grace and mercy for Miss Judy, Bobby, all the children, the Sprinkle family, that you will bless them, that you protect them as they mourn. Lord, it hurts. It is painful and it is sad, but we are grateful at the same time and we rejoice that we are no mourning without hope. That Bob Sprinkle is before you, praising you without pain, free of any pain and any suffering. He is rejoicing, praising, worshiping you right now. And for that, we are grateful. We cry out to you, Lord, and we say, come, Lord Jesus. Comfort them, give them strength. And may we be as faithful as he was to you and to the Bible. Bless us, Lord. In Christ we pray. Amen. Pastor Andrew read Colossians 1, 9 through 14. In verses 13 through 14, Paul says, and we have been delivered out of the domain of darkness into the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Think about this. This language comes from the Exodus, the domain of darkness, the domain of Satan. And he has transferred us into a new kingdom. He took us. The language comes from the book of Exodus. Think about you 
been outside Egypt during the time of the Exodus, and you see a group of Jews running, walking, and you ask them, who are you, and what are you doing, and where are you going? And they will say, we were slaves. We were under condemnation. We were about to die. But we found shelter under the blood of the Lamb. And God rescued us. And now he's taking us to the promised land. And we are not alone because he's going with us. And we are looking forward to be with him where he's taking us. They would have said that. But as we think about these verses in Colossians, we can say the same. We were slaves to sin and Satan. We were under condemnation. But God had mercy on us. And through the blood of the Lamb, he rescued us. He took us out of slavery. He took us out of the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption. And we are going on with him. And he's not only in our midst, he is within us because he gave us his spirit. And we look forward to be with him one day face to face. As Christians, that is what God has done in and through and for us. He has rescued us, and he is with us and in us. He is guiding us, and we know that the future of our church is beautiful, glorious, because we are resting on the hands of God. He is faithful, and he is all-powerful. Our job is to be faithful to him and to wait on him. But if you are here and you are not a Christian, you cannot say that. If you are here and you have not received Jesus, you are still a slave to sin and Satan, and you are under the wrath of God. But today, you can be rescued. You can be delivered out of the domain of darkness and transferred into the kingdom of his beloved son. As we pray, I pray that you would not wait and that you would join us in that journey with Christ Jesus, that you will turn away from your sins and you will trust in him, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sin. If you want, as we pray, you can come forward and pray here, and we as pastors and leaders we will pray with you and talk with you about what it means to follow Jesus and what steps you can take as we move forward following Jesus, with Jesus in us. I want to read a passage now, and I want to call two brothers that will pray. Perry Van de Waal and Brian Pate. And I will read 
from Ephesians 4, verses 1 through 4. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 4. I, therefore, a prisoner of for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There are two prayer requests that we have from this passage. And the first one is from verse 2. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. And the second prayer request is to pray that we will be eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. We don't have to seek that unity. We have that unity. And we want to be eager to maintain the unity that we have today in Christ Jesus through His Spirit. I will ask you to pray, uh, as Pastor Andrew instructed, instructed you before, to pray by yourself or with others, and then those two brothers will lead us as we continue before the Lord in prayer. so grateful, Father, that you hear our prayers and that we can come to you at any point in time confident that you know our hearts and that you listen to us. Father, we pray so much for the unity of your church. And as was mentioned, we, we know that unity is here, but we ask that we, you help us to continue to work to maintain the unity that is within the body of believers that make up this church and that make up the Christian body around the world. Father, may we have the humility that you call on each one of us to have, that we not think more of ourselves than we ought to, but that we recognize that whatever we do in your service, Father, you don't need us to do, we get to do. And you give us the privilege and the honor to do that, Father. May we never be overbearing and insisting on our own way. So often we hear people say that, if you want something done right, you must do it yourself. But what they really mean is if you want it done the way I would have done it. Father, we want to do things the way you want them done, not the way we want them done. May we do so in a spirit of gentleness, not overbearing, not insisting that others see things the way that we want to see things, but that we are 
calm and peaceful and, and careful of our message and the way that we are sending it and the way that we are dealing with one another in a manner that is designed to draw individuals to you, Father, and not to any personality, not towards ourselves, Father, but always directing all eyes and all hearts and all attention towards you, Father, because only in you is salvation to be found. May we do so in, in a spirit of patience. Patience, Father. Patience is what we ask for. We know we live in a world where everything is about instant gratification, having it now, having it yesterday, having it before you even ask for it. But Father, may we be patient and waiting on you. We know, Father, that waiting on you is not the hard part. Waiting patiently is where we have the difficulty. And so we ask your spirit to be with us, to give us that heart of patience, recognizing that everything is in your hands, it's in your control, and that you don't make mistakes, Father. And so that we trust in every decision that you make uh, that is for our, our good and for the glorification of your name and for the sanctification of your holy name, Father. May we bear with one another in love of the scripture mentions, which means putting up with one another, putting up with things that at times we would prefer not to have to deal with. But when we think about our Heavenly Father, we know that that's exactly what you do with us day and day. You put up with us. You love us. And you don't hold those things against us. Father, we are grateful to you. We're grateful to have this time with you. Please give us a heart of kindness, of gentleness, of patience, and of forbearance. We thank you for all that you have done. We are thanking you for all that you are doing and all that we will do. We thank you for loving us first. We thank you for being our God. And it's in your mighty name that we pray and God's people said. Father, I thank you for the prayer of my brother Perry, Father, and my other brothers and sisters here tonight, oh God. And Father, I'm reminded that even as we enter into your presence, God, and being born again, as Jesus said, you must be born again. Just the sense of being born of your spirit makes us brothers and sisters. And Father, that unity we have with our uh, biological brothers and biological sisters, Lord, that's the unity, Lord, we have, Father, that we look out for each other, Father. We, we care for each other. We have each other's back, oh God. And Father, I just pray for this body, this local body, this congregation of Idlewild. And Father God, your hand would be upon this church, Father, as we seek to glorify your name, oh God, day by day. Father, you're worthy of all praise and honor and glory. There is none like you, oh God. Father, even as we lift up your name, I'm reminded of those people leaving Egypt, as Pastor Edgar pointed out, Father. They had the cloud by day, Father, the fire by night. Your presence, oh God, is mighty and powerful, oh God. And Father, as we just all seek you day by day, Father, we recognize that, um, God, you, you will work out all the issues. Lord, we just yield ourselves to you. We trust in you moment by moment that you'll bring peace, love, tranquility in our lives, Lord God. And Father, we have nothing to look out for, our, for ourselves. We only want to lift you up and exalt you, O oh God, as a body. Father, for those that don't know you, Lord, have never been born again, I pray as well, like Edgar, Lord, that this would be the day that, Father, they would hear your voice, Father, and respond and come forth, Lord, and ask you, Lord, to transform their life and renew their mind, Father, we pray all these things in Jesus' name.